You're listening to Jack of All Trades, Master of Nothing, a podcast that celebrates those who do a little bit of everything. We bring together creative people who followed the unconventional path, pursuing multiple trades, sometimes at the same time. So get ready to be inspired, because as the saying goes, master of none is often better than master of one. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing today? How are you doing, listener? How's your heart? How are you feeling? I'm still in Seattle. Uh, I'm still batching these intros and outros, so the recording process has been kind of all over the place. I'm recording these intros and outros after having done the uh, actual interview, so it's been a little bit weird uh, and a little bit trippy to like actually release these at later times. Uh, last season, I just kind of like sat down and did it all at one time because I didn't have anything else to do because it was the pandemic. But now I'm like juggling five jobs at the same time. So it's pretty crazy. But anywho, uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope your life is going good. Um, I'm pumped for you to listen to my conversation today. I'm actually going to be I'm really excited about this because um, and it's really juicy. It's a good one. Uh, I'm talking with uh, up and coming artist star uh pop icon little luna and i'm just ecstatic about this because uh i know this person as rachel bell we actually grew up in the same hometown like we talk all about it i'm sure i'm repeating myself a little bit uh but it's been so fascinating to know her from literally kindergarten and kind of see her come back and forth in this dual lifestyle initially uh as an actor on Nickelodeon and as a child working actor and uh making that lifestyle work for her in LA and then coming back to Pennsylvania and having a pretty normal existence there too in a high school experience um so this is a really cool one because she's balancing different ways of life which is we talk about a lot on this podcast of how can you make living as an artist or just doing anything really work for you. Um, so that's really cool. And it's also amazing because uh, she talks about how this has been something she's always wanted to do. Her heart has always been speaking through music, from music. And um, she has this incredible music out on Spotify that I just like added to my <laughs> daily listening because it's so great. Um, she says this in her bio that's linked underneath, but I'm just even going to read it because it's really going to give you a good idea of what this is going to be about. But Little Luna is on the path of rediscovering her true self and her songs are that journey happening in real time, inspiring others to do the same. And that's exactly what this conversation is. It's pretty rad. Her music, visuals, and fashion are influenced by the culture and curiosities of the early 70s. She's a groovy gal, let me tell you. She has been teaching yoga and meditation for seven years directs all of her music videos and drops a yoga flow video with every song she releases. So come on, you know, her single last time was featured on alt 98.7 and landed Spotify support on their playlist. After releasing her debut EP through the self, she opened for five seconds of summer in June, starting her journey of connecting with people in person, her favorite. Little Luna is showing us that through alchemy, the parts of oneself that may be hardest to look at are the parts that can teach us the most. And actually, just like if there wasn't a more perfect introduction to a our message here and what we try to do about releasing these types of conversations, I don't know what it is. So I'm so excited for you to listen. And um, I really hope you enjoy it. Of course, we'll have a little intermission in there where you actually get to hear her music in real time. You can check out more of her information about her original music and where to find it in the show notes. But without further ado, let's get into this episode with Little Luna. Hi! Oh my gosh, Rachel! I am so excited to chat with you today. Also, like, I just want to say I love the name of your podcast. It's very comforting. Thank you. Is it? I feel like sometimes it offends people and I'm like, wait, no, no, no. I'm not trying to, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a way of like, we are allowed to do multiple things. People benefit from doing multiple things. So that's, that's how I approach it. But yeah. So thank you. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you have carved out time to do it because I feel like that's what some people don't understand is like, it takes so much time and work to put together a podcast. Like it's not just like, <laughs> oh, we just throw this together. And it's like, yeah, the conversation's effortless because 
that's just your personality, but it takes so much time to do. So thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And hey, I want people, I mean, the listeners that we have, who knows how this will go eventually someday, but you know, I want whoever does listen to this to, to meet you and hear your story and who you are. I select people that, um, have either like journey through the road of like going through different things and, uh, mastering them in a sense and moving on or, or just exploring things that are interesting. Um, then I also have people, sometimes I do have masters on that are just like, it's like diverse, like they're masters yeah, of different things. Right. So just have, have a place where people can listen. Although it is primarily based with like artists and performing artists specifically. So, cause that's who I am and who I know. So I hey. was going to say like, that's, I, I'm assuming that's like your immediate world and connection. So of course there's, um, going to be the, the plethora of the artists in there. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a, some, uh, we have a couple in season one that are interesting because I really did try it. My boyfriend was like, everybody's a musical theater person. I'm like, yeah, that's what I do, Kyle. Well, okay. But then he was like, well, it is supposed to be Jack of all trades. And I was like, you're right. So then we did have, I like, I got some connections from Butler or like, I did like junior miss when I was in high school, but like I had like Amanda Geither. I don't know if you guys connected in high school or not, but her brother is a mathematician. So we had him. Yes. Oh, Cool. Yeah. So we had that. And he's like a big like yogi and he like does math. And I was like, that's interesting. Okay, that's a cool on. combination. I mean, like, right? yeah, I mean, I, I think you know this, but I teach yoga and meditation and I feel like math is very far from myself and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of like my, you know, friends and colleagues that I teach and practice with. So I think that's a pretty cool combination of a human. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you have to, listeners check it out. It's in season one somewhere. I got, I don't even know which one it is, but it's in there. Somewhere. I'll help you do a deep dive. That's Warren Guyther's episode. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I don't know if you ever feel this way, but I always feel so conflicted when I'm doing, like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being interviewed, but, you know, doing any sort of video recording because I'm, like, talking and looking at you, but I feel like I should look at the camera for the, you know, whoever is potentially going to watch this at home. <laughs> and I always go back and forth between, like, the camera and you. I'm like, I never know which one to pick. So yeah. don't mind me if I'm just doing both the entire time it's okay yeah you're like a trained camera actress so you're like aware of that and I'm like Bleh! like I just like don't have any acknowledgement of of technique in any way I'm just like this is it whatever take it or leave it so you no worries I have a fly buzzing around my head it's a good time this no, is a good time <laughs> So here we are, but, but Hey, let's, uh, let's dive into your life here. Get some of your life story. I always ask this like humongous big question at the beginning, but it like helps us tangent into like other things. Um, but just tell us about your upbringing, um, in good old Butler PA. I remember we were in the same kindergarten class. Yes. That's a good time. (laughs) Yep. And I remember there was two Sarah's, there was you and there was Sarah Fisher. Yep. Oh, Sarah Fisher. She's still, you know, she's still hanging in Butler. She's so sweet. She's such a good person. So nice. That's amazing. I I feel like I haven't seen her since kindergarten, even though that's not true. I definitely saw her since then, but like my, my fondest memories uh, that I like remember are in kindergarten. I have the cutest picture that, you know, my mom or grandma or someone took of me and Sarah Fisher, like holding hands at kindergarten graduation with our like way too big graduation paper, um, little hats on it's precious. Um, but good, good to know she's doing well. Yes. I am born and raised from Butler, Pennsylvania. And, um, my mom has always loved the theater and and was a part of the theater when she was, um, younger. And my mom and my dad both are just avid music lovers and music listeners. So, in my house, even though no one was um, pointing me towards the arts, naturally, it was just around my house. Like, my mom's a poet. She wrote poetry. Like, my dad's creative in the ways he's creative. And, like, that was just always a, a strong theme in our house, even though no one was um, directly, like, pushing me towards one of those artistic paths. And I, you know, I tried different sports. I quit all of them. I did Taekwondo. I did ballet. I did, I quit them all. I just like, didn't, you know, connect on a deep level to want to stay with what it takes to actually, um, not even be good, but just, um, 
feel fulfilled out of doing one of those activities. Like I just always knew when I was younger, I was like, nah, okay, this was fun. But like, why why would I keep doing this? Like, I'm not going to, what am I doing this for? And um, so luckily my parents uh, did let me, you know, get out of Taekwondo and get out of ballet and, and things that I wasn't really passionate about until we had the musical at school. Life-changing events for us, honestly, for both of us. Truly. And, and I have a thought on that, but I'll get to that in a second. I am just so grateful that our elementary school put on a musical and well, I guess I'll get to that thought now, but they don't have it anymore. You know, there just isn't the funding and the time to, and I'm, I'm sure like the volunteers it takes to put it on, to put on a musical with a bunch of sixth graders. But if we, if they wouldn't have had that at our elementary school, I don't think I would have ever, I, I'm sure my path would have come later on in life be, just because serendipity, but I wouldn't have known that I like loved to sing and I loved to act and I loved to entertain people. And so the backstory there is that, yep, born and raised in Butler, Pennsylvania, tried a bunch of different things when I was little, nothing stuck. My friends told me I talked a lot, so I should audition for the musical. I did, got the lead and had the time of my life exploring like what that was. You know, I had never sang in front of people before, done any sort of acting in my life. And just with the secret garden, just fell in love with the role of Mary. And we were all up there together. Kids rendition of the secret garden written by who knows. Written by who knows, but it was, it slapped. It still does. And, um, I, (laughs) do you still remember the choreography? Sorry. The secret garden. That's locked. I don't remember this at all. I'm just taking your lead. (laughs) There's, it was arm, arm, down, and around. Anyway, Perfect. continue. I'll, I'm sorry. I like I'll do that next time I'm, I'm on stage. I'll, I'll work it into Little Luna. Um, little right, Luna. Exactly. Arm, arm, down. I'll tell my movement coach about that. <laughs> one. She'll be like, oh, how did we not put that into the last concert? Um, but I that's, that's where the seeds were formed and planted. And then from there, I started taking acting classes multiple times a week in Pittsburgh at an acting school, which is where I eventually met my um, agent who... Um, I connected with in Pittsburgh, but then also at a convention in Los Angeles. And when I was at the convention in Los Angeles, circa me being like 13 years old, she was like, I want to sign you, you know, can you move to LA? And my family and I were like, no, but we can come out and I I can come out for chunks of it time and audition. So that agent introduced me to my then managers and the manager um, that I had at the time literally had won like manager of the year award in 2008 it was just like crazy, crazy good manager and feel very blessed that I was put in the hands of like that agency and that management company. Because when from there, I started traveling to LA every fall and every spring for two or three months, got all my schoolwork mailed to me, like while I was gone, did my schooling, like had every test proctored by like a, you know, like a Sylvan Learning Center or whatever, whoever could sign off on on tests and would send everything back. And then, as you know, would hop back into our public junior high, high school from age 13 to 18 until I eventually moved out here to LA when I was 18. So that's like the seeds of how it all was strung along. Um, and it really does go back to the elementary school musical that it just hurts my heart so much that that doesn't exist anymore because that completely changed the trajectory of my life. Just that one opportunity. So one of my, this is like, I'm not actually, I'm not even going to speak that over myself. I was going to say, this is probably not going to happen anytime soon, but who knows? Finances could fall into my lap tomorrow. I want to, one of like my goals is to be able to somehow get a musical program back up and running at Center Township. No, no, granted, granted, someone would need to, you know, there would need to be teachers there to actually like put that on board. But like financially, I'm like, that's one of my goals to fund that. That's for me too. I mean, not specifically Center Township, but just like I've literally dreamed about like starting a theater company specifically like in the vein of Summer Dramatics or MTG. Because yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. I mean, MTG does, but Summer Dramatics isn't around. And and you know what? I think we had like a special window of time because we were kindergartners when they did the first one. 
So it was very much part of our experience at that elementary school. And I didn't know how special it was to me. So my mom told me like years later that apparently every single day I'd like come home and be like, I can't wait to the sixth grade musical. When I was like in like all through elementary school, I was like talking about it. Right. Little did I know that was going to be like my like Broadway dreams. Right. But it was like, yes, crazy, crazy that like something so small. And I mean, I've had other people on here talking about the importance of arts education and exposure to, you know, and I, obviously even definitely lower income communities as well. So they don't even get it in, to begin with. Right. But, you know, but how monumental that is, even if it is to two, two old 12 year olds in Butler, Pennsylvania, like the, it ripples, right. And it does. like the people that we've since connected with having pursued this it's like the the arts and humanities is what preserves the culture of what it is to be human well I agree and it doesn't you know there's I would say that the majority of the people in that musical didn't go on to pursue the arts but it doesn't mean that it didn't impact them in a positive way of like you had to be on stage in front of people and just the even like the motor skills of like being able to sing and dance at the same time. Like that's, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in the ensemble or the, or, you know, had a leading role. It was like, you were all singing and dancing at the same time. I think that's a really fun experience for kids to get to try and be held in a space that's fun. Like I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe there were people in our class that had negative experiences, but I feel like overall it was just fun. Like everyone was just having a fun time. I think the parents definitely stressed out about it. Like, I think it was very high stakes for all the adults involved. But I think that's that not everything with a kid with something like with a parent that their child is pursuing. I feel like that's a soccer game. That's a, a musical. It's a dance recital. Like, it's always way more intense for the parents. Right. And the kids are just like, I'm just happy to be here. You know, I think it's just like at the end totally. of the day, you know, hey, maybe like someday in Butler, there'll be the Bell Bishop performing arts center can you imagine that's like kind of great we do that wait i just just got so excited the bell bishop performing arts it kind of has a ring to it i like it it's so great should we do that and you can handle like or by handle i mean like put people in charge because you're going to be doing your own thing. So it's like, you won't have time to be there. For yeah, same for you, but they can you, name it after us. Wing of musical theater. And I could be over the wing of like pop music and together there is like just an abundance that could be done at that performing arts center. Hey, listen, it's, I think there truly are, no matter where you are, there's going to be talent, there's going to be interest, but it has to do with accessibility and it has to do with, I think, especially if there are people that come in that are be like, we do know what we're doing and we do know how much joy and it comes from the right place. It'll catch. There has to be that element. Yep. Yeah. That's why I feel like we like lucked out with Miss Leyland and Miss Muscatello, like who were, you know, they, it it wasn't, and that's what I'm saying kind of with even like, I want to fund it at Center Township Elementary School. It's like, there has to be teachers and adults there that are willing to take on those roles with joy and that are good with kids, but also have have knowledge of the theaters right. uh, of the theater and the arts to know how to even put together a, a you know a musical or a play. Yeah. So we can dream. We can so dream. we can dream. Hey, maybe I'll never see never. It's it's kind of one of those things I've just like always kind of kept in in you know the back of my heart, being like, okay, I trust that that'll happen at some point. I don't know when. I don't know what capacity. I mean, I even sort of did it. I was the artistic director at the Strand Theater last year and like ran a kids program and was like, this is great. So amazing. You know, but anyway, yeah. So we'll have to, we'll have to put a pin in that and like check back in and be like, hey, you want to, you want to run a program for, be found like handed and then like give all the work. (laughs) You do it over there. Okay. We're going to be over here working and you can, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, maybe later in life yeah. when I'm retired, I would want to be there in person. But otherwise, honey, we're working on our own dreams over here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's one of those ones. We'll see. We'll see in so many years how that how that will. But that's that's so great that like you felt the same way about that and how you know to. to yeah, Center Township is on my heart deeply, and I really want to um, give back to the school in that way. Like I know that if there's things I can do in the interim, but. Um, on the artist, a paycheck that I am on, but I'm excited to like really dive in when the income is there and the funds are there, which I know will be in just a matter of time. Yeah. So, okay. So you moved to, um, to LA then at age 18. And I know, I remember you had a a recurring character on the Disney channel. Like, what was it like being like a child 
actor in LA during the like early 2000s like that's like bonkers fall change (laughs) I feel like I want to ask you that question because I only can see it from my own perspective which felt very normal for me like I didn't you know as kids you really only understand your childhood to the degree that you understand it because you're in it and living it like I feel like you can only like be so far away from it so even though nobody else at our high school was going to California twice a year and auditioning for projects and occasionally booking things like the reoccurring role on Disney. It's like, that was my norm though. And I feel like I had a very normal high school experience, even though I know in the textbook version of like normal, I, you know, I, I'm aware that it wasn't very not normal. Um, but since I moved or I should say, since I like lived back and forth in both places, it didn't, Hey, it just wasn't in the same category as I know a lot of my friends that straight up moved to LA when they were 13, 14, 15, you know, or younger. And they were either homeschooled or did online. And that was their world was like auditions all the time. For me, that was a world for a couple months. And then I would pop back into, you know, our public school and go to football games and just do, you know, just do whatever everyone was doing. And so for me, it was normal and I loved it. And, but what's funny is I would always like, let's say we were at a Friday night football game. Like we already know we're not going to win because I don't think they won like I mean, a single game while we were not a single, but I was in the marching band. Just I'm not being gonna, like, yeah. I'm going to sneak Twizzlers in my band bag and play the trumpet and crush <laughs> exactly. on the other trumpet player. And that's what's going to happen. Listen, I'm not going to talk trash. I can't play sports whatsoever, but you know, we're all like our school spirit was always so high, which was so fun. Cause it's like, we weren't the, the that's football all we games. Like the team wasn't good, but the, but the school spirit was <laughs> unreal. And it was the, like the place to be on a Friday night. I feel like there was like, no matter what kind of friend group you were in, like everyone was there. And I would a few times, like, because I would always go to LA in the fall for episodic season used to be a thing. And in the spring pilot season used to be a thing. And when we would, I would, um, my dad and I would always drive across country to come out to LA since we'd be here for so long. We'd just bring our own car. And um, I would cry my eyes out, leaving the game, getting in the car for the first like day of the drive. I'd just be crying because I'd be so sad to leave everyone at school and like just feel like I'm missing out on that. But then I would get to LA and I'd get into my rhythm, not the first two years because I didn't have a single friend for a couple of years out here in California, just because it was you know, I didn't go to school out here. I was popping into an audition. You don't really make friends in an audition waiting room and then you leave. And I was with my dad and I was like 13, like just no friends whatsoever, except for my, my neighbor in the apartment below me that I like forced to be my friend. You sweet emo kid. And I was like, please hang out. Please be my only friend. Please be my friend. Well, I'll listen to, I'll listen to my chemical romance and we can just sit together. Please. I'll get swoopy bangs. Just kidding. Um, we all know that nothing gets swoopy bangs. It's just, we all know, well, we don't all know. Most people listening to this probably don't know me at all, but I used to have hair down to my waist and that was my look and I could not change my headshot whatsoever. According to Oh my God. I still live that life. I'm like, I personally, my hair is my personality. There's no way. Like I just took new headshots. It's staying. Um, but I I paid a thousand dollars for this shit. So we got to keep it. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so I didn't have any friends, but after the first few years, I did start making friends out here, especially once I booked the sweet life role, um, when I was 15 and then filmed it 16, 17, 18, but, or 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there, I didn't have friends out here at the beginning. So it wasn't hard to leave those times. But then once I started making friends in the years to come, the same thing would happen. I'd go to leave LA and I'd cry the whole first day of the drive back to Pennsylvania because I... (laughs) I loved it so much and I loved acting and I loved my friends here that I had made. And it was just a funny juxtaposition that, you know, I'd like cry leaving high school and then I'd get to LA and then I'd cry leaving LA. And it's just um, that part of my experience. I remember very deeply, but that's a beautiful thing. Like I loved both of my whatever lives you could say so much. Um, But that was a very long winded way to say it feels normal to me because that was my experience, but I know that it is not normal because that was not what anyone else at our high school was doing. No, but that's cool. I mean, I very much understand that now as an adult. I mean, I literally do that. Like, that's what I do. Like being in New York, like I don't like living in New York. I don't, I've, 
fucking hate it, actually. I don't like being here. I think it's not, I mean, growing up from in a farm town, you know, and coming, you know, and my partner lives there in in Pittsburgh. He owns a business. He's in the steel industry. Very Pittsburgh of him, you know, and then I, you know, Very. I'm like, all right. But, but, but you're right. There are seasons. I mean, it's a little bit different now. But what's also different is that everything's online first. Right. So it's like, why do I have to be here all the time? I don't. Like, it's possible to to have a sublet. It's possible to travel. I have a car. I park it on the street. Does that suck up three hours of my week to park the car? Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, it's worth it to, like, have this kind of Hannah Montana dual life because it's like, you know, for people like us who have big dreams, but, like, we need to follow what works for us. And I mm-hmm. think there's this idea in the industry and in entertainment that's like, well, you got to go all in or you're not going to get it. And it's like, well, I, 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 why do I have to sacrifice my quality of life for this? Because then all of a sudden I become desperate. Totally. Because, so, and you know what I mean? And that's a perfect segue into, I don't feel connected to acting anymore. I haven't for years. And my music was birthed out of me allowing myself to stop acting. Now, did I ever make a public statement about it? No. No one needed to know because I didn't book enough things for anyone to even know that I was stopping auditioning. But like I had to internally and like, of course, I sent my agents and everything an email, but I had to fully quit to allow myself to explore, you know, who I was in the current moment, which had really outgrown the actor that I chose at 12 and um, it's not a sad thing. I think it's just the evolution of life. And I really like, I have no interest in acting anytime soon. I think one day I'll probably feel that itch again. But I've, you know, that Secret Garden musical, we didn't just act in it, we sang in it. And I've loved singing as long as I've loved acting. It's just when I signed with my first agent and manager that I mentioned, um, my manager made me pick while I was signing the contract. And I know that that was her way of just, no, no, I, it was, it, I understand why she did it in hindsight. Like it was her way of guiding a 13 year old that was only going to be here for a couple months, you know, at a time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad she did. I'm so glad because that's, I just know that's the way my life was, you know, meant to unfold. But because I picked that at such a pivotal age, like right, a preteen girl, then later becoming a woman now, you know, in my late twenties, I had to mentally undo that something I chose at 13 was something I had to do forever. And I really didn't, I always knew and like said to myself, like, I'm going to make an EP one day when I'm like 30, but I never really allowed myself to pursue the idea of being a musician because that wasn't what my training was in. That wasn't what my years of work was in. That wasn't what the finances had been poured into. But in, you know, uh, probably like a year before quarantine, I really was like, okay, I already know, like, I've always known my name would be little Luna. I know I'm going to make this music. I have a rough idea of the sound to at least start with and start taking into sessions with producers and, and see what we go with. And I just, it was, but it was during the pandemic where I just knew like, okay, it's time to make that switch. And for me, that was quitting acting cold Turkey and um, allowing myself to fully step into it being a hundred percent. So like, I know what you're saying of like, why, you know, why does it have to be all or nothing for me? It had to be all or nothing to really Mm -hmm. give myself a chance and not get in my own way. But that said, Mm -hmm. you know, you were saying how it's, you know, why do I have to sacrifice my quality of life? Like me continuing to be an actor was sacrificing my quality of life. But I was just, I understand that. (laughs) I was doing it to myself. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, and I think, and I, I just, I mean, the interview that I just had, I mean, it might be in a different order in the seasonal, but I interviewed uh, a woman named Kelsey Beckert that I toured with. And it's like, especially like to pursue something in the arts and be successful at it. Like nowadays, like it's so many hours of work and training. And when you eventually get to a point where you're a different person because people change and you grow and you, you realize you want different things there's like this moment of grief of like, wait, like, is that it? Like, am I just gonna stop? Is that it? Doing all Mm -hmm. this stuff. Like when I, my whole life up to this point was to make this one goal happen. But then there's also the realization, like maybe you achieve part of the goal and you're like, wait, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Or like, Hey, wait, I'm not like actually happy here. Like what the, you know, it's like, so there's a lot of real realizations that happen over time. It's not like instant for most people, right? But it, no. it's this this listening to yourself of being like, you know what, this is what makes sense to me 
it feels good to pivot in this way. You know what? And there's like a sense of bravery and well, not not brave, like honest to God, courage and self-love that comes to listen to like really, truly stop just hustling for the sake of hustling really out of Mm -hmm. fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And to sit down and be like, you know what? Let's like just listen to this gut instinct for a second. Let's listen to this voice because maybe it knows what the fuck it's talking about. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I don't know if this has happened with you, but for me anyways, like I am able to step into my music so fully and believe in myself to a ridiculous level. Like I am my own number one fan. And I genuinely believe that like I will be able to take this thing that I love, right? Right now it's – um it is happening and it is moving, but like, I believe it will turn into a career. And I have that like undoubted, um, faith within myself because I didn't have that mm-hmm. in acting. And I, most of the time got in my own way. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I'm not saying that to be self-deprecating, but I think that there is a point in your life where you are brutally honest with yourself as an artist mm-hmm. where you're like, yes, there are things that are out of my control, but for the things that are in my control, what needs to change here? And so many lessons that like were hard to learn in acting, I'm now able to apply with music and um, just be in a completely different mindset with it because I am out of my own way. I am confident in myself. I'm I'm open and I'm learning and I realize that like I'm a baby in it, but it doesn't matter because the uh, internal lessons that I needed to learn as far as being an artist, just in any category, I feel like I've learned at least for this season of life. And that's just so freeing because now I can just make my art. It's just so nice to be connecting with people and they're living their dreams and following the uncertain path that leads them to great success. And it's just so wonderful, isn't it? It's so great. Uh, We're going to take a little pause here for you to really hear while you're in the midst of this conversation with with Rachel, sorry, with little Luna. I know her so well as Rachel. But in this conversation with little Luna, I want you to hear her music and really, she's really walking the walk, y'all. Her music is incredibly inspiring. The poetry is so personal and um, like healing in a way. Uh, So here is one of her original songs, Last Time. And let me tell you, it's a bop. I have it on my playlist. I listen to it a lot. I think that I was supposed to be somebody else and I don't know me anymore. So I've been shedding my skin. Versions of me unraveling. Talking to It's just so catchy. It's so good. I love it. I really do. I love all of our music. I really hope you guys follow her on Spotify and subscribe. And I think she's going places. I'm really excited. I know I say that a lot about a lot about mo- most of my guests, but but seriously, I'm so proud of her. I've seen this journey. Um, 
I feel just from talking to her and seeing it that it's so aligned and so beautiful. And I hope you become what she refers to as little lunatics, which I, I think are the, the, the self-titled fan base that has they've, they've, they've called themselves that. And honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a good name. I, I, perhaps I am also a little lunatic. Here we are. But anyway, let's get back to the conversation with little Luna. talk about like the being in your way in your own way because that's that's been that was a big theme in our first season where I was like basically just figuring out like how am I like blocking myself and I brought on this a teacher from college who just brutally honest with me she's like what the fuck are you doing like are you you're like totally in your own head like stop and this is like on the on the podcast I was like you know what I'm keeping it because she's she's right you know yes. and, and she's like and I, if, I think for me, I want to I want to kind of talk about like, what was the point where you realized you're getting in your own way? Because for me, it was like, I was like, why am I so afraid of these people? Why am I so afraid of making these choices? They it, there's like two very loud voices that come in. Well, actually, one of them is really loud. The other one's quiet. And the one that's really loud is we're looking for this. This works. We want this type. We want you to act like this. This is what you should sing. This is what you should do. This is what we're looking for. But the other voice is that one statement that they really just wrap it all up with, which is completely counter counterintuitive to what they already said, which is, we just want you to be who you are, which is actually the truth. That is really right. what they all want. But you can't really be who you are when you're listening to all this other shit. So you have right. to, you really, for me, it was like, I had to be like, I don't have a goddamn thing to lose because here's the deal if I keep going like this I'm not gonna make it because I'm gonna be miserable and my quality of life I'm gonna be depressed and I don't want to do it anymore because that's it I don't want to do it anymore and if I don't want to do it anymore then I'm not gonna fucking do it anymore right yeah but I have to give myself the opportunity to stop letting all of these voices controlling me to mm -hmm. from controlling me I have to be like you know what? You're not right. I don't care. I'm not going to listen to you. I have nothing to lose because the other option is happiness and choice over here. And I have the choice yeah. to leave this at any moment. And actually, you don't have any control over me. And if you say no, so be it because I'm going to leave anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So well said. No, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Truly. Like, is that the moment that you hit with act or with with music rather where you're like, this is calling to me and like I literally can no longer ignore it. And like, what do I have to lose? I have nothing to lose. There is nothing. Yes. And I think, you know, what's cool about that sentiment and thought and like, I would call like a growth mindset is that it doesn't matter if you're in the arts, like anyone right. listening to this, no matter what your job is, I feel like, you know, everyone has those different voices depending on, you know, how many and what they're saying in detail. But like the one that's like, do this, this and this and be this person and step into this role. And the other one is... Mm, but what about this, even though, you know, it's potentially like harder or not financially secure or scary, or you have no experience in it, but it's like, that's it. It's like, we're just ever evolving creatures. I think it's kind of insane that you get out of high school, you pick something at college and then you do that forever. Like that just doesn't even make sense to my brain. But, and, you know, and I, I know, I know there are people out there that are like, oh no, like I've known, I've always wanted to do this. I'm like, and that is great. Good and for, I love you. That for you. <laughs> I love that I love for that you. For you. <laughs> I feel like the majority of people I talk to though, that's, you know, that's not necessarily it. And, um, but people get fulfilled in different ways. And, um, you know, for some people like a job is just more so an element of their day to day rather than something that takes up so much of their mental space and time. So it can be easier to stay in a role, if that's your meant, you're like, Oh, I, like, that's just my job. But my, my big passions are like in my family or like in the, my hobby that I do or whatever it might be for me. I'm like, my career has got to be, um, it's got to be not self-sacrificing anymore because I just think that life is too short and we spend a lot of hours on our career. Um, I don't, there wasn't like, there were, there were, it was a string of several little moments over the course of literally seven years saying it's time to make music as little Luna. It's time to make music as little Luna. It's time. But my like final moment, um, was I was in a meditation at a class <laughs> here in LA. Hey, <laughs> it's very LA. I'm very LA. I was, 
sitting in a meditation. No, I was, I was sitting in a meditation. And before the meditation started, I just asked like, whatever you'd want to call it, God, universe source. I was like, please just, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to be making this music. Give me a why. Because I, yeah, I love, I love music more than anything. And I love to sing and I love to entertain people. But like, but what's the why here? Because I was getting to entertain people and, you know, do that in a different way through acting. And I ended up not being fulfilled anymore, which once again, I think is, is normal. And that's just the progression. But, um, I was like, please like give me a why. And in the meditation, like I, I, I've never heard like an audible voice of anything, but you know, when like a new thought comes to you that you've never thought before. And you're like, Oh, this feels like I just like pulled this down from the collective consciousness or whatever words you want to put on it. It's a thought that just hits you hard. And you're like, oh, that's that's a new thought to my being. And like what I thought or heard, whatever, um, was like, you are supposed to bring people joy through music. That's it. And I started like weeping. And I was like, that's it. That's that's my that's my deeper why. And that makes sense to me and that tracks. And um I got out of the meditation and I messaged my best friend, uh, Jaguar Twin, who's like very um spiritually exploratory, you could say. And he's like, yeah, I believe it. Like follow that. Yeah. I don't want to say voice. Cause once again, I didn't hear anything, but follow no, that but, thought. But you could be, I mean, yeah. I, just to comment on that. I think I'm very big into like spirituality and you know, I true, like truly found my own practice. And that a large part of that had to do with 2020 and going back to Butler and being in nature and like healing and all that stuff. But I think that thought after doing my own exploration on that, I would call that your intuition. I would call that personally, mm-hmm. like your higher, yeah, self, your higher self, whatever, whatever it speaks to, it could be to anyone, whatever beliefs you hold, it doesn't matter, but it, it has a different feeling to it when it's true intuition or it's, you know, if you want to think about it, it's like your guides talking to you or your whatever, you know, you're feeling your gut, like all of these mm-hmm. things are synonymous, mm-hmm. right? To me, at least, what I believe. Yep. And I had a very similar thing too, where I like, this is like during 2020, it was the fall. I was also meditating. I was freaked out because I was like, wait, I I know I should go back to New York because there was like talk of Broadway opening or whatever. And I was like, I know I need to move back to New York. I, or I thought I had to. I was like, I think I have to go. I think, 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 have to. Like, because this is what I've been doing, right? This is, this is the author. I have to go. And I did one of these meditations and I just like sat there and like got quiet. And it was very like visual actually, like I saw in my head, um, like a tree with roots growing down if I were to stay in Butler. So it was like, what am I supposed to do? And if I stayed in Butler, these roots were to branch out and create an entire network that was going to be like my life source. And I was like, that makes no sense because there's nothing in Butler, right? And then I was like, well, what if I go back to New York? Mm -hmm. And it was like a cul-de-sac. It like turned me back around and spat me out. And I was going to just end up back in Butler anyway. And I was like, well, that's crazy. And it like was like a deep knowing. Wow. Was like, you have to stay. And I was like, this logically mm-hmm. makes no sense, but we're going to do it. And when I followed that, I met my partner the next week. I knew I was going to meet him too. It was like that after I had the meditation, I was like, and now I meet my partner. Literally met him the next week. Then I became the artistic director of a children's program then I started the podcast and connected with people all over the world that connected me to this girl, Emily, who has a huge TikTok following. Now I teach people all over the world. There was another meditation that I did that was like very similar to yours. That was like, why, what is my why? Mm-hmm. And mine was, um, I'm to turn, I'm to lead darkness to the light or like unveil the truth and bring the light in, in, in situations that, uh, are covered and are secretive and are like the entertainment industry. And like, I was like, all right, I'm going to use what I have in this podcast. We're going to talk about it. And that's what I'm going to do, you know? And there was like this understanding of like, I mean, I don't know if you went through a period of grief with acting. I mean, obviously where you're like, I'm letting this go, but it was like, why am I not booking here? I don't understand. I'm doing everything everyone's telling me to do. What the fuck? Right. And then it was like, there was this deep sense of like, well, you're not meant to be in the way that it is right now. Like you don't mm-hmm. fit into what this, how this is operating. You're meant to like help kind of come in in a different way and change it yeah. to a higher 
you know, but who knows? CBD with that. But anyway, I love that you shared that because A, I didn't know. B, I think it's really cool to share different experiences of how people make great shifts in their life. Mm -hmm. Because when you don't think about it, you're kind of like, I don't know, I just did it. But then when you actually think of like, when you trace back the little string Mm -hmm. of events, you're like, oh, okay, no, this is like, I, I really think like, if your eyes are open to your life, like, so much is in front of you, just like waiting for you to take a hold of it and and mold it and shape it and live truly in like your truest self, like your most authentic self, um, which often comes from switching careers, leaving partners, cutting your hair, just doing things that are a refresh, you know? Um, Never cutting the hair. Did you you cut your hair and get new headshots? Listen, when I cut my hair, cut my hair, I tell you what, I went to my chin I shave the back of my head now. I have an undercut. Like it just, I'm just really living my best life, not like my headshots. And that's very freeing to me. And I will say, you said, did I have a morning phase? And I, I, I really didn't because I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to make music and have my own artist project. So it's, it's almost like I didn't even really have a morning phase with acting because for very many years, I knew I was supposed to like be pursuing music. And I just wasn't like listening to that voice. So the day I sent the email, no one was around. I didn't tell anyone in my life. I just sent it, shut the email and felt the deepest relief off of my shoulders. And I was like, it doesn't matter. And I don't know if you resonate with this, um, or anyone listening who has potentially stepped into a people pleaser role, but as an actor who started as a, as a child, my music is really birthed out of allowing myself to not be an actor, allowing myself to work on not being a people pleaser anymore. And, um, you know, part of people pleasing is codependency issues, but that's for another day. But the other part of it is, is really like feeling like to get somewhere in life or to have people enjoy being around you, you need to mold into whatever they want you to be. And that, I mean, like, I think that the healthy actors I know in my life have cracked that code and are healthy within themselves and also able to be actors. I think that that's a pretty hard code to crack when you start as a young kid, because you're, you just, as a kid, naturally, like you are in like people pleasing mode and not like, I feel like there's like, it's almost like uh, the two opposites. Like part of you as a kid is just like, I'm just a free little being spinning around the world. And then the, the other part though, is like when you start to try something structured is like, oh, when I go into an audition, like, you know, everyone got a reaction when I did this and, and, and people enjoyed this when I wore this and it just sinks in really quickly. So my music is um, yeah, a lot about like not being a people pleaser anymore and stepping out of that. And so when, it, when I sent that email and shut the laptop, I was like, ha, now I can start on this next chapter of not being a people pleaser and um, really just operating out of what is my healthiest self and what kind of art do I want to create from that space? You do not need to hire me. I am the job. I've created the job. I'm the job. <laughs> yeah, I am the job. I'm, and I, but that, I'm the job. that takes a, <laughs> such a level of like self-awareness and peace and goal. Like it, it and it's earned. Right. Um, unless you're just gifted with that randomly. I, I was randomly gifted with that for like a small window of time when I needed it. And then goodbye. See ya. Went away. <laughs> I know, like find it again, you know, but, but that's, but that's so beautiful and wonderful for people to hear because it's like, especially, also, especially being in somewhere like LA where I feel like people are like always like looking over each other's shoulder to like network and like connect. And like, it's like so much about like, how can I make you like me so I can get something from you? It's so true. But you know what though? The longer I live here and the more that I think about it, cause like I love LA. I hope I live here to the day I die. I am that person that I'm like, I love all the parts of the city that people normally don't like and get stressed out. I'm like, I love it. It's a part of LA. Like it's part of the whole package and I'm, I'm here for it. But I think that like what I've been having just kind of thoughts on more recently is like, yes, of course that's present in LA. Of course it's present in New York and Miami and all the big, like, mm-hmm. let's say hubs of business entertainment, you name it, just the big hubs of networking opportunities. But I also feel like it happens in Butler or in the small towns in America. You're just talking about different things. It really is. It's like keeping up with the Joneses. And it's like, you, you know, you might not be trying to talk to someone because they're going to hire you and get you a job, but you're trying to like 
talk to someone to see like what school that your friends, kids are going to and, and what dance class did they get into? And it's like, it's the same. I feel like it's the same shit everywhere. It's just a different, um, topic. And I, I feel like that, like, it really is important to just like find your own peace and stay in your own lane because whatever the next person beside you is doing, it literally doesn't matter. And we have to be reminded of that, but like, it doesn't matter. You're on your own path of your own trajectory. And, um, I think that that happens. Well, I've only ever lived in this country, but I feel like that happens everywhere in the U S I can speak for here. (laughs) It's just, I think it's just part of being human. It's a, it's, I mean, and it's being so young and we're talking about like ages and children like absorbing. I mean, it's a, it's a means of survival to a certain degree, but we've advanced past that as spiritual beings being like, okay, we don't actually have to do that. And like, wait, that's like kind of the challenge of being on earth is being like, do, you know, uh, to some degree, everybody just wants to be seen and heard and loved, yep. right? That's it. Yep. You know, that's it. Yep. And so if you're unable to see and hear and love yourself, you know, you're going to kind of start, by trying to get it from other people or you're going to learn to see and hear and love yourself by trying to get it from other people and failing and then realizing that it only comes from you, you know? And so that's just like a very, I think from what I've gathered, a very common theme is just like what it is to be human. So you're right. It doesn't matter where it is. Yes. And then doing it and then getting older and having to do it again. Because I feel yeah. like, you know, like, it's like, we can't just shit on our preteen and teenage years. Like I figured so right. much out then I knew so much. I right. knew who I was and I loved like right. who I was in those times. And then, you know, it's cliche, but like, yeah, you wake up and you're like, oh, I've changed again. Oh my God. I have to go through this process again of like who yeah. I am and what I want and what I want from people and what I want people to want from me. And, you know, it's, it's continual. And I know that, um, uh, you know, we're not even in our like 30s to 40s to 50s to 60s to 70s right. yet. Like, I can't even imagine how many like, more times we're gonna, gonna have these conversations with ourselves. Yeah, I, yeah, and I mean, I guess at the end of the day, we're gonna learn what we learn. But the biggest favor, I mean, I, sometimes I look back and I'm like, I think I knew more than I do now when I was younger because it was less complicated. Totally, like, I think clear. like the the threads, like the pillars of truth, absolutely. Like kids are yeah. it. Kids know. Yeah. And then you start going through trauma as a kid and then that's when things start to um, cloud. But like, you know, like you innately know as a kid, you really have the answers to the entire universe, I I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, there's just, you're fresh out of getting spat out of the spiritual realm, right? So like, that's my belief, right? That's what I think. So like, you're a little closer to that in a way because like age-wise, you weren't that far removed from that sense of- Totally. You know? Yeah. But anyway, I want to talk a little bit more before we wrap up here about your music. I know you shared with me that you, this summer, <laughs> summer, <laughs> you performed at, I'm assuming like a festival and open for five seconds of summer. And like, I want to talk about the trajectory of your music. Like, I know you write about basically healing the inner child. I listened to your album. I love it. I like added some of the songs. Thank you. Um, but it's so good. But like, but like talking about the song, let's let's first focus on talking about the songwriting process, and then I want to segue, um, kind of to all right, where are we at now? Like, what is it like just trolloping through this brand new career in like a pretty big way at a rapid pace? Yes, um, yes. So you know, the, the short answer is, and I've already mentioned this in a different way, but. I've been planting seeds in this industry and figuring out who I am for the last 11 years in LA. So making the shift into music, I feel like there are things that when you're starting out as a songwriter or as a producer, you get in your own way for. And I I feel like I had already figured that out just in a different career. So by the time I was stepping into um, different sessions to start writing and making songs, like I was really just coming in hot with like, here's some sound references. Here's poems that I've written. Here's that. Like, I'm just was coming in hot right off the bat of like, I don't really know how to do this, but I know, I know how to write poems and I know you producer person knows how to make sounds. <laughs> so like, I'll just bring in my poems and you just bring your sounds and your instruments and we'll just finagle a song together. And, um, even it's too much to get into for today, but like I had made a few demos throughout those seven years of that, like wanting in the pit of my stomach to be making music and, um, 
truly a few key, key people coming in and out of my life just as friends who happen to be in the music industry being like, yeah, like come to my studio, like let's make a song sometime. And um, that I, I think that really does happen when you're just willing to be open about the things that you want in life. But when the when I made the shift a few years ago to really start diving in and being like, no, Little Luna is 100%. That's what I'm focusing on. I just went into the sessions boldly and started creating demos. And of course, the beginning ones like just aren't great, but they get better the more that you do it. And um, those, the first song that I ever feel like was like really a Little Luna song was the first song I released, Shift and Go. And that will be two years ago this October, depending on when this episode is released. It could be, who knows? It could be today, literally two years ago today. But um, Shift and Go is the first song and those lyrics are very much so applicable to anyone making a shift in their life. But for me, it was about shifting and going. Like I am not an actor anymore. I am not, you know, I still am a people pleaser, but I'm working on it. Um, I'm, you know, I'm shifting and I'm going. And so my songwriting process from there has developed um, just partly by listening to artists that I love and like geek out over their lyrics. Like Phoebe Bridgers is one of my favorite lyricists. Yes. Like one of my favorite lines of all times is, um, um, the doctor put her hand over my liver. She told me my resentment's getting smaller. And I'm just like, Oh my, I have chills saying it right now. I'm like such a, I'm a geek for like words and imagery like that. And I am truly, um, I, I like, I feel lucky to get to listen to music that I love. And then I'm not trying to write like anyone else. Cause I don't even, I'm not even a skilled enough writer to try to write like somebody else. I can truly only write from my own perspective of like what I'm going through, but I do, I try to listen to other artists that I love the way that they craft words and then, um, and just apply it in the ways that I can for me. And then my, I feel like my best songs have come out of having another writer in the room who, um, that's like their full-time superpower is being a songwriter. So then it's like, I have a producer who their superpower is producing and creating um, uh, instrumentation. And then I have another songwriter who their superpower is just songwriting. And then my superpower is offering what I have through my lens and my perspective to give the world, which is like birth through Little Luna. And so I can go into the studio and be like, here's the sound references like as we start writing the song, like I always see a color and often that color I'll end up turning into like the color palette for the music video. And then I'll start thinking about what will the yoga flow be that goes to this song. And so like my, I feel like my, what I bring to the table in a session is not the skill and the craft of producing or songwriting, but it's the overall vision of like, what do I want the music and what do I want this whole project to say? And songs have evolved and grown out of that. So I'd say that's my yeah. songwriting process. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. That's so intuitive and it's so felt into. And like I, the closest thing I've had to that lately, honestly, is like developing the palette for my online teaching business. And like I went to Taylor Green, our mutual friend. Hi, Taylor. And I was you, like, Taylor. Taylor, we love you, Taylor Green. No, I, I was like, here's my palette. Here's, here are the words. I could see exactly what I, you know, and she's like, okay. And then like made it happen. But it's like, that's such, such ammunition and like energy to be the undercurrent of it. And it just is so clearly what you should be doing. Thank you. Because it just, thank you. But it makes sense. But it's sense. also like, but it's like, I've had no training in music cares. So it's like, but I'm just saying like, that's why it's birthed out of that place because that's what I know. Like that's the, I, that is the only way that I can write and make music is because that's just how I'm figuring out how to do it. And that works for me. So that's great. Um, but it was, um, I know you said the, that I opened for five seconds of summer, which I did. It wasn't at a festival. It was at two shows at the Hollywood Palladium, actually two sold out, two sold out shows over 4,000 people a night. Insane. I got to open for them. I was the opener opener and I love that for me. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And um, I really had to prep ahead of time. Like I hired a movement coach and I hired um, a vocal coach because I'm aware that there are certain things that within music, you know, people train their entire lives towards. And I think that there, you know, there's a balance there for me where I'm like, 
I'm past the point now where feeling where I feel like I'm inadequate and not allowed to take up space in the music industry because I don't have training. That said, I know my vocals can be better. I know I need to know how to build stamina on stage. I know that I might not look like I'm awkward in my mind, but like I'm probably not a very fluid, like mobile being on stage. So I took those shows um, really seriously and like hired an incredible MD, my all female band, and put it together. I, I put it together and, and truly like took the funds, you know, out of saving to make it the best show that I could to show everyone like, this is what it's going to be. So now I just need an investor, baby. Like, or like now I just need a, you know, I'm not even going to like, it could be a label. It could be a booking agent. It could be a, a rich person who is, wants to do something creative, but it's like, I'm like, I'm going to show everyone what I can do with this insane opportunity to have these concerts and know that this will birth more opportunities in the future to in, invest in myself in this way. And so I had those two shows. And then the week later I opened for an artist who I mentioned Jaguar twin at the Troubadour. And um, I'm so excited to see what show opportunities come in the future from those shows, because I know they will, they haven't yet, but I know they will. And I know that it is just a matter of time until I'm on tour because I know that that's what I'm meant to be doing. So in the meantime, I'm just creating more music, creating a yoga flow for every song, creating the music videos, <laughs> DMing people, like connecting with the people who came to yeah. these concerts. And most people had no idea who I was. And that's the beautiful gift of when you do get to open for someone who has a massive fan base, like five seconds of summer. Like I just, you know, I said at the shows, DM me, like I read every DM might take me a while, but I read every DM, like let's mm -hmm. chat. Cause that's like, I'm not on this journey of self-discovery alone. So anyone listening to my music, like tap in, if it's speaking to you, let me know. And that's exactly what's happened, which has been really beautiful. And I mean, you know, it's been almost two years now of having music out. So there's little lunatics as they call themselves that have been there from day one, but it's been really beautiful from these shows this summer, seeing that uh, really it is a community in the least like cheesy culty way, but like yeah. community grow of people that are like, yo, <laughs> your music is speaking to me or like, it's helping me get out of my own way or whatever it might be. And I'm like, great. It's helping me too. I'm literally writing it as I'm working through these things. <laughs> Well, I really hope that some of the little lunatics listen to this interview so they can hear you talk about the pro they can hear in more depth, like oh, exactly, yes. you know, getting to know you, you know, and I think that's why I do it. You know, I do it to bring on people like you so that I can learn from you personally. I said this before, it's like kind of selfish because like I bring on people I admire and like I've been watching and like under like I've been rooting for, you know, and then have you on. So really appreciate you coming on today and telling your story, being so generous. I was so grateful that like you were able to share all this. It's so just inspiring to hear and healing in a way to like, no, it doesn't matter what you're pursuing, but like, to, to pivot, to change, to, you know, uh, look at things in a different way is not bad, but yet is encouraged and is also- It is needed. I think it's universal needed. Universal and yeah, needed. Reverse. Yeah. Like everybody needs to do it. Yeah. Well, I'm equally as inspired by you, truly even hearing how you had that, a similar but different meditation that shifted you into your next chapter of life. It's just cool to hear that other people experience those things as well. So I, I really appreciate you having me on and it was fun just to catch up. It's been- yeah. What? When did Dude, we graduate? A long like time ago. A decade? I don't know. Years. A while. We were this. 11 same. years. Yeah. 11 years. Holy shit. Long Wild. Time. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Well, thank you so much, like Rachel or Little Luna. I know you as Rachel, yes. but Little Luna yes. coming on. And you have a wonderful evening. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Sarah. And that sums up our episode for this week. I really appreciate everyone listening in gaining that information. I just love sharing these stories of these people that I very, very much admire who I've either watched for a long time, like Rachel, Little Luna, uh, or just some of these people that I've known and kind of seen them develop into themselves. And I'm really glad that uh, they're now on your radar, listener. I really hope you check out more of Little Luna's music. Uh, all of their information is listed below as far as their social media handles and where you can find their new music and really keep an eye out for them because they're on the up and up, man. They're doing some great stuff. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, write a review. This helps it get out to more people. And 
I think that these messages and these conversations are important for artists, for just anyone that's looking to be inspired, that's looking to do things a different way and uh, to start some conversations about like, okay, how can we individualize our own life? Like things don't have to do to work the way that we may be told they are. So, you know, send these to someone, you know, if this was helpful to you. Um, don't forget to follow us on our socials uh, at Jack of all trades underscore podcast. Hit us up on our email, Jack of all trades podcast 2020 at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. And also, if you have any recommendations of people you think would be a really good guest on this podcast, they have a really cool story. They are perhaps a master in one thing that's really cool or uh, they are a person that's good at a bunch of stuff and doesn't live life the the I don't know normal quote-unquote way of just following one thing uh let us know we'd love to hear about it and without further ado i hope you have a wonderful week i hope it's full of love and yeah talk to you next week thanks for listening bye-bye